0: Hey, hey, Colin here. We just launched our Patreon. So if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash Colin Stucker. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash C-O-L-I-N-S-T-U-C-K-E-R-T. We will have exclusive updates coming. It will also give us more opportunities to invest more in the show and release more shows. Some other bonuses with the different tiers. Check it out over at patreon.com. And thank you for your support another way that you can support the show is you can head over to wild foods and use code am podcast 12 for 12 percent off your entire order of real food superfood supplements and ingredients these are products that i've been using myself in my daily life for years i recommend checking out our fish oil and our collagen and also make sure you check out the Tropic. it's one of my favorite products cocoa mushrooms delicious head over to wildfoods.co and use am podcast 12 for 12 percent off your entire order If you read any of the habit literature, you'll see that your environment is the most important thing. Very few people talk about this though. It's always about some new book, hack, trip, tip, app, whatever that's going to change everything for you. But you're not going to overcome your environment. Your environment should be the first and last place you go to. If you have friends that eat junk food and you hang out with them, you're more likely to eat junk food. You're also more likely studies show, research shows to to be overweight. There's even some weird correlation they've found where if somebody you grew up with becomes overweight, let's say in adulthood, you're now more likely to become overweight. I mean, I don't know how far you want to take that idea, but it shows the power of your environment, especially people that you're around and how much they influence your eating decisions and your health decisions and what you do and how much you drink, whether you do or whether you don't, all these different things. If you want to control your health, if you want to get success on any diet, carnivore, paleo, plant-based, it doesn't matter what it is until You mitigate your environment. Until you manage it, curate your environment. Nothing you do is going to be sustainable. There's no such thing as willpower, right? Motivation, willpower, it's all a myth. It's just, what is your environment? Is it harder or easier to do the things that are good for you? So we moved out to the country here in 10 acres. It's out in the middle of nowhere. At times I feel isolated. Yeah, there's a lot of benefits. Obviously, when a virus is going around and there's civil unrest, it's probably good to be outside of a city. Didn't plan for that. I just got lucky. But what I've been doing more is I've been forced to get outside just because we have all this space and there's trees and nature and we have a garden. I have forced myself to get outside more. I now finally adopted a daily walking habit. I have a treadmill and I also walk in outside where I take my son and I pull him in a little cart. It took months for that to even happen. It was just by accident. Something I wanted to do and spent on my to-do list for a while to walk an hour a day, for example. There was other things happening. I got busy and work picked back up. And so I stopped doing it. So I put a few things in place to make it easier to do that. I've thought about how I want to spend more alone time with my son, just me and him. And so what could I do? I could take him in the cart. He's super happy when we do that. And he just kind of looking around and he's just content, right? Which for a two-year-old, you know how active they are and how it's hard to keep them content for any length of time. But when I'm pulling him in that cart, good to go. Walk all the way out, front driveway, down the street and back. It's great. I go with my shirt off. I get some sun. In our last house, I didn't like going in the yard at all. The backyard didn't really have grass. It had this weird like weeds everywhere and it just wasn't inviting at all. So I never went in it. Sometimes I'd go in the front yard, but it was this little patch and there's a driveway. So I didn't go outside and I didn't walk as much as I should have. Environment. If you live with roommates that keep junk food in the pantry. Okay, I don't want to say that. You do have a chance, but... You got to figure out some really solid rules, like maybe keep your food in your room in your closet or something so you don't even go in their pantry. Call it their pantry. Get your own little cubbyhole corner in the fridge and I don't know, lock it, mark it off something so that it's just yours and nobody can touch it. Environment. If your coworkers or friends or whatever want to go out to eat lunch every day and you want to pack your lunch, then stop going out to eat with them. Take your lunch and eat it somewhere else. Go outside, go to a a bench, a park, whatever. Environment. And fundamentally, the really big thing, if you want to attain your health goals, and I'm not even talking about financial goals here, that's a big one, and this concept applies to that exactly the same. But if you want to achieve your health goals, you have to mitigate as much as possible the effect of other people in your life. And in some cases, you have to control when you spend time with them or at least how you spend time with them. Maybe you don't go to restaurants with them. Maybe with those people, you invite them over so that you can cook dinner at your house. Maybe you can be a positive influence on them. Most people are easily swayed by their environment and by the people in their environment. Very few people are those kind of natural born leaders where they set the precedent for how things are going to go. That's not something I can just give you advice for. Like that's a huge thing. Uh, But the more you do this, the more you can move to that leadership role where, you know, maybe in just in the nutrition, you're known in your circle as you don't eat that eat this way, whatever, and you encourage others to do the same. And if they have questions, they can come to you, but you don't force it upon anybody. That, what I have found, is probably the best strategy for most people that want to become independent and detached from the way society does things, at least as it relates to nutrition and food. Because there's a lot of really bad ideas around nutrition and food, and there's a lot of really bad habits and standards and norms and pressures. And yeah, I mean, if you want to be the average American, the average American is overweight and sick. Like, if that's what you don't want to be, then you have to do things different. So this is about your environment and your habits. If you want to adopt a habit or kill a habit, you have to make it easy to do that. So you have to remove things or add things to your environment to make that possible. This is all the habit research, like all the points to this. There's actually a good book on this. I think it's called Tiny Habits. I'm halfway through it, but this is what he focuses on a lot. Making habits easy to do or not do. It's the most important thing. And so you can set up your environment. Like for example, this studio right here. This table, the mic, all these things, these are set up to go every single day. I don't move this stuff at all. I haven't touched anything back there since I set it up. I haven't moved this light since I set it up. This mic, I actually moved once to get a better setup, but now this is gonna stay here forever. And I actually have multiple mics. So if I wanna do remote shows, I don't unplug this or mess with this at all. I take my remote USB mic and I go elsewhere if I wanna do a remote show because this would disrupt the ease at which I can get into the studio, press record, and then talk to you. I've gotten down to now where I do a video a day. That seemed like such a tall order before. And really now it's actually the editing process that is my bottleneck because the recording part is easy. I have my, my notes here. I have my mic. Record, record. Light comes on in two switches. This light, that light. Two switches and it's on. It's all hooked up to cords, everything. I was doing YouTube before this and anytime I had to set up for a shoot, I just felt that like angst, that, that resistance. And so I was haphazard with that. I wasn't consistent. When I converted this room in our new house to a studio, I now come in here every single day. It's easy. <laughs> it's actually one of the most enjoyable things I do when I'm working actually now. But setting up for it, doing all the gear stuff, lighting and everything. And if you switch it, you might switch something else. If I move this light, I gotta move that one, right? You gotta get all the angles, everything. It's, you have to consider all of it. That was never that enjoyable for me. This is the perfect analogy though to all of your habits, your environment, your fridge, your closet, your clothes, your shoes. They've done research where if you keep your shoes by the door, uh, and, and if you lay out your workout clothes ahead of time, you're more likely to go to the gym. It's like, that's just absurd. But if you think about it, the activation energy that is required to go to your closet, say, okay, what am I gonna wear? And if you're a girl, this is even more probably hard to figure out because you're more conscious of, of what you're wearing. Guys can kind of like throw in shirt and t-shirts. Easy to go. But you gotta think about it. You gotta make a decision. Maybe something doesn't fit the right way. Maybe this is like old shirt doesn't fit or whatever, or that bra doesn't fit. It's like, all that is gonna be resistance for the thing that you wanna do is just go to the gym you have to control your environment. You have to set up your environment in a way to make things as easy as possible. And I'll give you one final tip on this. This sock, okay, this sock, still fresh. This was a sock I got on Amazon and I liked it. It's got like just enough padding. It goes up just enough. It's a low, low cut. So I bought a few packs of these. And then as it goes, you throw these in your sock drawer with all the other socks. And then it just becomes a big conglomeration of different socks. And you have to like search around, find the right sock, whatever. You have like these other color socks that you like don't like to wear as much, but these are dirty. So you like, you go to that one and it just becomes a drain. It's a drain on organization. It's a drain on energy to think about it, to consider it, to look for it. So what I did is I bought, you know, probably five packs of these, like a 12 pack, five 12 packs or four 12 packs or something. And then I threw away every other sock or gave them away. It seems like a small thing. When I think about it and I think about how it's made my life simpler and easier and I don't waste any time on something that ultimately doesn't matter at the end of my life, I don't care about my socks or my drawer or anything like that. This isn't a fashion statement. This is just pure utility. I always feel good about the fact that I made that decision. And honestly, I think my next step is probably going to be to do the same for my wardrobe because I have way too many clothes and they sit there half the time and, you know, picking something out takes a lot of mental energy. And there's a lot of research around this. They call it decision fatigue. At the beginning of the day, you have a bunch of energy for decisions. As you go about your day, it makes harder. I know that when I'm working really hard and I put in a 12-hour day, let's say I fasted the whole day, and so my appetite builds up a little bit. I usually make worse decisions on those days. Like I, Those are the days where I'm like, F it. Let's get pizza. Decision fatigue. I hope you took away something. At the very least, consolidate your sock drawer. It'll literally change your life. And I, and I kind of feel like it has changed my life. Like it's a small way that it's changed, but it has changed my life. Figure out your environment, document it, look at it, think about it, sit in your kitchen for five, 10 minutes and just look around, right? Make a conscious effort to mitigate your environment, uh, remove things that are not productive, and then add things that are productive, add things that make it easier to stick to your habits and routines. This is the key to all of habit uh, formation and habit breaking. It's, it, this is it. It's environment. And unfortunately, when it comes to people, if you want to live a different life than your friends and family, than what they do. If you want to have a unique life, a better life in some way, whether it's food, nutrition, finance, whatever, you have to mitigate the ways that they influence you, right, whether on purpose or on accident. You have to mitigate that to the best of your ability. You might even have to, with some people, change how much time you spend with them and, and how you spend time with them. And then you have to, again, curate your environment to be productive for the things that you want out of life. Life is short. People die every single day. We should all be trying to live for ourselves. That's the only way you're going to give your gifts to the world and to those around you and be the best version of yourself. And you only get one choice. And fundamentally, people around you don't really care. Everyone's so afraid to make choices for their life because they're afraid of what other people might think or say. It is tragic that people do that. People go into bad careers, bad relationships, and they stay in things they shouldn't. And They don't make changes that they should because they're afraid of what other people might think or say. It is a major mental defect in our modern world that is a byproduct of our evolutionary past. This is how humans are built. But in our modern world, we have to break free from that. Otherwise, we'll just end up being sheep, which you see, the masses. (laughs) Like, subscribe, and do something with today's information. Hey, hey, Colin here. Got a freebie for you. Click on the button below to go to theancestralmind.com and download the seven principles of living wild. This is a short PDF that's got some of the main principles such as real food, sleep, movement, and a couple more that are going to help you live more ancestrally in accordance with your genes. Ancestral Mind, Colin here. If you like the show, if you like anything I'm doing or talking about, I think you're going to dig the Shut Up No One Cares Get Back to Work podcast. A new show I'm putting out on YouTube and iTunes and Google, etc. about big ideas that are going to stand the test of time. This show is going to be short though it's not going to be long interview it's going to be just me and ideally aiming for about five minutes but most shows are hitting about the 10 minute mark it's going to be one core idea that i'm going to cover it's something that i'm passionate about i love talking about these big ideas i love thinking about things and improvement and becoming better and i like sharing that with other people so if you enjoy anything that we're doing over at the Ancestral Mind, you're probably interested in betterment, and you're probably going to be interested in some other big ideas that can help you in different facets of your life, from wellness to health to finances to mindset to big ideas to to thinking to how to think, et cetera. You can actually find that over at column.coach on the side says the Shut Up podcast. And if you haven't already joined the weekly AM5 newsletter, I put every show I do each week in there under the PS. And so you can get those every week, every Friday. And you can pick the shows that resonate with you. And if you enjoyed, I hope you subscribe, and I hope to see you in future episodes.